Hey, welcome to the Circle of Salt, the podcast where we use our snark to protect the occult community from itself and others. Circle of Salt is brought to you by Felix Warren, aka Dot Ass, and Rune Emerson, aka Cinnamon Buns. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Anyway, it's time for our first installment, affectionately called Hekas Hekas Este Bullshit. Today's dish of salt is served by, well, me, and is entitled Bad Tarot Printing Jobs. Okay. I know there are a lot of people out there who have bought, like, interesting or rare or individual or like independent tarot prints um tarot decks limited edition decks that sort of stuff and we have a whole bunch that we can dish about just regarding the individual stuff but like seriously even the like factory printed like mass market tarot decks sometimes some of the shit that happens when you buy these things Oh, it makes it makes me blow my stack. Um, because like, well, I'll get to I'll I have to like organize my thoughts a little bit here because this makes me so angry. How many of you have ever bought a tarot deck or an oracle deck or whatever? Um, and when you get it, like four of the cards are missing, or like several of the cards have like big red stripes over them or like there's like someone's face is blotted out by a big white patch which happens to be attached to the back of the card that preceded it or some shit like that this happens to me so often because i'm a tarot collector this happens to me like constantly and that is seriously annoying and i know you guys are going to be out there like oh, well, you know, printing demands and, and, like, things don't always work right and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get that part. A certain margin of error is acceptable. Um, But when you're dealing with mass market decks and you buy three copies of the same deck and all of them have the same error, that's pushing it a little far. Uh, So the very first real deck that I started reading with, and when I say real deck, I mean like deck that people accepted as being like a legit deck back in the 90s when I first started really like reading, um, was the Robin Wood Tarot. And I have bought that deck probably 20 times at this point, and every time I've bought it, it's been on a different set of cardstock with different fucking errors involved. At one point, I bought this deck and every single card had a blue dot on it, like a weird blue smudge, like someone took an ink marker to it and went bleh. And just, they were all marked that way. And because I was a poor little kid from, like, rural Nevada, I couldn't afford to buy another copy of that deck. I had to just kind of swim with the Robin Wood's blue deck, I guess. Like, when she was in her blue period or something. So, the, the issue that I ran into, like, not only did they have differing, like, like, papers, differing, um... Like, not just cardstock, but, like, differing, like, ink jobs. Some of them were more saturated than others. Is that eventually, you just get used to the quirks. If you're like me, I like quirky stuff. If something's got, like, a kind of a a choppy, like, um, printout, I just consider that part of its charm. I'm not really worried about it. Um, But after a while, you get used to a particular kind of quirk, and then they change the printer that they're working with, and it doesn't have that quirk anymore and it's got some other kind of bullshit going on, and you're like, what the fuck? 
So there are actually, in my mind, just in my own mind, four different print jobs of Robin Wood decks that are really cool to me, that I actually really like. And then there's a whole bunch of garbage that just I hate. So whenever I open up a Robin Wood deck that someone's had on their like shelf on their at their shop for like 20 years or something, I open it up and I go, oh my god, it's the good one! Oh my god! I hold on to that thing like no tomorrow. And it is the stupidest thing ever. I get so stupidly excited about it. Because every other time I get a deck of the Robin Wood or of one of the regular Rider Waite decks out there or some shit, it's always garbage. Like, the print version is, like, it pisses me off. So, like, I have become a product of my own obsession, and that makes me angry. But it also makes me angry when I buy these gifts or these decks as gifts for other people, and then I have to cringe every time they use them. Oh, that's the Robin Wood that when you shuffle it, it makes that awful noise. What noise is this? I wish I could describe it to you, but it seriously, it sounds like, um, let me see if I can explain. It sounds like, uh, like all shuffling, all riffling has a particular kind of flavor to it, but there's this one set of cardstock that when someone shuffles it, it sounds like a wet fart. I was wondering if it was going to sound like a fart or a duck. Um, the duck usually, duck usually doesn't bother me so much. Like when it's got the loud noise, I'm generally okay with that. The harder the cardstock, the more likely it is that the cards are going to survive the next accident that happens to them. So right. I'm generally okay with that. Now this set, it sounded like a wet fart. The cards were excessively frail and thin, and um, the the ink actually smudged on one of the cards when I touched it because it was so fragile and it just was annoying. Uh, but anyway, so that like the wet fart, Robin Wood always annoys me. It will always annoy me. And it's interesting because I didn't encounter that kind of shitty paper stock again until we got the second edition of the Silhouettes Tarot, which are completely not connected to um, Llewellyn or um, La Scarabea or whoever they're doing their print through right now. Um, but it was the same thing. The very first print of the second edition, the colors were faded, the backs were faded, when you shuffled the deck, it sounded like the wet fart. And I cringed because I had commissioned an entire chunk of these decks for a ritual that we were doing here in town that literally fell apart because people couldn't afford to get a better deck. Eventually, Masa, being the hero that he is, um, managed to find a better printer because he was unhappy with them too. And he sent all of us who had bought the originals a new copy of the deck, which was on much better, more glossy paper. Like, seriously, it's one of my favorite decks. But, oh my god. And one of my students came to me and she says, Rune, we're supposed to be using this deck, right? Like, we can't just put it away and, like, only do the exercises from the ritual. Like, we have to actually take this out in public, don't we? And I just, like, I flushed from like head to toe and the people in the room, I don't flush very often. Usually you can't tell because I, most of my life has lived in goth shadow, but like there was proper lighting to recognize that I was very red and people were really confused by the extreme reaction that I had. And I'm like, you guys need to understand that this is like an ongoing rage monster for me. So yes, and I'm sorry, we do have to use this deck and I majorly apologize, but 
I don't, I can't fix it. So this recently, this bad tarot printing jobs thing kind of came up again and it made me really angry and annoyed. Um, I know this sounds very frivolous to those of you who don't even read with this stuff. You're like, this is why I like to read with my stones. And I'm over here going, yeah, well, I do that too. And then there are, that's a completely different set of, of salt. Um, but like runes that always break, that kind of shit. I can't even, I don't even want to talk to you guys about the semi-precious stone runes sets. Oh my God. But um, the this came up recently because I bought a copy of the Dark Grimoire Tarot, which is a, a Lovecraftian tarot, which is fun. It's It's really cool. The artwork is interesting, not something I intend to read with very often, but the um, the deck sort of agreed with me that I shall not be reading with it because it was sitting in its little bag and its little tarot pouch in like on my uh, coffee table for a while because I was playing with it. It sat there all by itself in its little insulated bag and slowly glued itself together. That just now. sounds like something that that deck would do. It really does, doesn't it? Like, it was just like, yes! And, like, tentacles came out and just left, like, ichor behind, and it just decided to melt together. So I'm just over here, I pull it out, I'm like, ooh, I want to play with my Lovecraftian stuff again. I had my little Lovecraft primer and my copy of Alhazred by Tyson, which was, by the way, a very fun novel. If any of you are really into, into occult horror, it was fun. Um, he did a good job with that, and I pulled out the love the the um the dark grimoire tarot, and it had glued itself into a brick. And like seriously, like the bottom right, no, the bottom left corner was cemented to itself. So as I pulled it apart, I'm cringing because it's all just tearing and ripping, and I'm just like, why? So I'm almost afraid to even order another one. Like I'm almost. I'm reluctant. I don't have, I'm on limited funds. It's not like I'm some sort of trust fund baby or, you know, like I have a high paying job somewhere in Washington, D.C. or some shit. I seriously read cards for a living. So this is like a serious hazard for me. If I get a badly printed deck, my only recourse is to go and talk to people at the, the publisher and be like, so hey, that thing you sent me is damaged. Can I get a better one that is not awful, please? Because I paid $250 for it. Or in this case, it was like 19 But like, that's money that I don't have anymore. I'm broke now. I spent that on, as the one luxury I had this month, and now it's all screwed. So it really bugs me, and it, it makes me upset, and it makes me angry. And seriously, there, like, I understand that there are mechanical reasons why this stuff happens like um the silhouettes first edition had a run of a thousand when it was printed and it has silvered edges and i have to assume that the silvered edges are, are part of the reason why this all flopped because if any of you have gotten this deck a lot of you who do a riffle shuffle with that deck which by the way it is a beautiful deck which, which we'll talk about in a few um the silver sheds all over the carpet like you've just entered into uh, you know, a rave. And so now you've got craft herpes all over everything, just <laughs> glitter everywhere. And um, it, it does. And I have to assume that it's because they used the gel silvering ed the edging and um, on other decks, it 
bled in or it merged and became its own creature and tried to take over Tokyo or something. Because seriously, that stuff is really hard to print with. Um, Ciro, uh, is it Marchetti Marchetti? Has he ever said? I've never heard it. I've never heard him say it himself. God damn it. Can't you say your own name, please? Please. Ciro, if you're listening, I love you and everything that you do. Please write me and let me know how to pronounce your name. I love you. You're a beautiful man. And your artwork is awesome. And one of the decks I bought of his was the Gilded um, Royale. Uh, which was the remake of the Gilded Tarot, and um, it had the gelling uh, gold edges, and it did exactly the same thing. Uh, my first copy of that looked all marred up because the, ink, the, the gilding fell off and um, looked like um, an aging hooker, you know, with, wow. her, with her makeup smearing and falling all over the place, and she's trying desperately to keep up appearances because she has a job to do. Um, <laughs> Which I love, actually, as an aesthetic. I'm like, seriously, the Aging Hooker deck is the deck that I bring out for very specific events. And people love it. But you may have noticed that I have a tendency to um, over-personify and anthropomorphize my tarot decks and treat them like they all have identities, because they do. Um, so it becomes harder to do when they're fragile and broken and can't even be used right. Like, you just, like... Oh, yeah, that's my, my gimpy cousin who has the twisted foot, and he can't really walk so well, so I can't really take him, you know, out and have him run a marathon. So no professional work with him. It's not that I, that I love them less, but I do have to take into account their limitations. And um, when they have shitty printing jobs, like, this is the thing. When you're doing independent printing, that's going to be its own challenge. Um, you have to personally negotiate with your printer. You have to personally arrange for everything to go right. The shipping is usually a killer. Any of you who have funded Kickstarters for these independent decks and have been pissed because they've taken forever to get to, to your door or something like that, please understand that you are not dealing with um, printers who just like, well, and there you are, it's all done. You're dealing with someone who probably had to like make a bargain with Beelzebub to get their deck printed in the first place, even with the $5 billion that they got through their Kickstarter, because the shipping makes the sending of the deck something they have to pay for. So I get it with independent jobs. I really do. But when you're a mass market publisher, it gets very frustrating to me when you can't keep a handle on your goddamn printing job. Like seriously, you practically live at amazon.com headquarters. How can you not send them a quick memo? Oh fuck, this particular block of printing uh, is possessed by demons and not the fun kind. So anticipate these decks trying to rip themselves to shreds as soon as they're opened. Could you, can we just like print another one and send it to you and you could just recall those things. That would be great. So out of curiosity with that one, are you talking about the housewives tarot? Did that happen? I'm so fucking pissed at my housewives tarot. No. Um, so the original housewives tarot, when it was like, you know, Indian underground and you know, people were listening to it in a basement somewhere in Portland. <laughs> um, that one was good. Like I have heard from other people, and, but I have the one that's mass market and it was on sale like uh, on Amazon uh, 
a few months back, and it's always been pretty cheap on Amazon. So I got it, and um, I cannot freaking shuffle this deck. Oh no! Like Why? it, the 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 edges just like they peel back. Oh the, God! The the card stock is just that weak, and like it's just not made to be handled like a card deck. It's just absurd because I've like. I've known like two other people with this deck who got it like you know from the earlier printing, no, and um, like you know they've been using it for years. But this thing, and I've heard from like you know Jasmine that like this is a thing actually with with the Housewives Tarot, like the most recent printing. It's like a piece of crap. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's it sucks because like this is like one of the more mass market tarot decks now. Well, and see, you know that. I know so many people who read with that deck and they love it. And I gotta like I gotta ask the people who put these into like regular publication. Like, okay, some of the people who print these, who print these tarot decks, are not a tarot publisher. They're a publisher of like games or something. They're a publisher of oh, just interesting stuff. I mean, we have the ability, why shouldn't we do it? And so they don't think ahead and go, okay. There are people who attach their life's meaning to the thing that I am printing right now. And so there's going to be a lot of concern about this. Like, do you know who did a really good job with their printer? Who? Uh, Andrew Hussey. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got his deck. Yeah, the Homestuck Tarot are great. They're great! And they were, like, printed on a whim as a as a... Uh, a pledge bonus for like, hey, if you want to buy into our Kickstarter to help fund our video game, which has still not come out, Hussey, you are on my goddamn shit list right now. Not because you're shitty, but because I had to put you somewhere. I want that game. Anyways, um, but like they were released as a, hey, you should help fund us so that we can make a video game for you in 2027. Um, yeah, they're much much higher quality than the, the Housewives Tarot that I've got. They really are. They're really good. And he did that, and like all of them, I've seen six or seven different print runs of this, and they've all been good. So I'm like, see, he recognized some of these people seriously take tarot seriously, so they're gonna. this is a big deal. Whereas others are like, man, this is cute. Why don't we do the thing? The backs will look shitty, and the cards won't work together and whatever it'll sit on your coffee table <sighs> i think it really helps whenever you go with a publisher or a print shop or whatever that regularly does something like playing cards right they know what it's actually going to have to go up against you know if they're actually going to be used for poker or something then they can imagine right well and like you're not looking at like there are some people who are shady i mean they're shady about everything they do their publisher there is a shady publishing company and so they're over there going ah yeah but wait till you try to read with these things one of them bursts into flames and the other summons godzilla and you know the rest of them just are howlers and so they like scream at you and then rip themselves to shreds and that means you have to buy another edition of it ha 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 this is how we make all of our money but that's not been the case for various reputable publishing companies so it makes me extra irritated when a publishing company like Los Scarabeo who tries very hard to provide a quality product fails so dramatically and doesn't do anything about it and I have to assume like it's possible that they do actually try and that they just have forgotten that Reno Nevada does doesn't like it doesn't exist to them even though it's like an Amazon warehouse 
I'm like, you guys, come on. Because I literally have bought multiple editions of the same deck from the same publisher in the same year and had them all turn out with the same flaw because I bought them from Barnes & Noble in my local area, you know, or I purchased them online. And just so, I don't know if everyone is aware of this, but like, if you have a hookup with uh, like Amazon or Baker and Taylor or Barnes and Nobles like publishing uh, like uh, warehouses, if they're in your area, you get your shit faster. Like I get all of my shit so much faster. I can go to Barnes and Noble and be like, hey, I want this thing. And they will order it and it will just ship right over from the warehouse, which is down the street. So like I will have it in a day. And I don't know if any of you are aware of that, but like that's a lucky thing for us out here in Reno, which means that all of the stock is coming from that same place, which means that all of the stuff that I order is going to come from the same shipment. And if they haven't recalled that shipment after I went back to Barnes & Noble and said, this is damaged, you guys need to get in contact with your warehouse and tell them this is damaged and get me a better one, please. And then I get another one and it has the same problem like five times. It's really, really frustrating. And I know it's not just frustrating to me. I know it's frustrating to the bookseller. It's frustrating to the company in general. It's frustrating to my dear Lord Jesus. So, yeah. Uh, fix your shit. I mean, some of this is avoidable. Some of this is sortable. It's not just... I'm, I'm trying to be charitable about this. I'm not trying to say, well, y'all made a mistake and I'm not happy and so give me free stuff. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be an entitled little shit. I'm trying to say, y'all can fix this if you want to, if you put a little extra effort into it. If someone reports something, have your quality assurance people like go, oh, my bad. Uh, here, let's get you a box of stuff that isn't all busted up. Let's go ahead and open a few of them and see and make sure that they're good, and this will send them to you. I know you can do that. I know Llewellyn can do that because Llewellyn regularly does it for the shop I work at. Shop I work at. I actually work for a metaphysical shop, and um, they like I order a lot of my stuff through them, actually. Uh, if we can't afford it because Jan's not been making orders or something to that effect. Um, you know, we're busy paying off other orders or some shit, then I will go and, and play at Barnes & Noble. That's just generally been my thing. Amazon is my last resort. But um, I know that we can get a recall and a fix on the things that we do because I call up, uh, well, Jan calls up the publisher directly and says, hey, this was kind of shitty and we ordered four of them. Can you replace them? And we get that within a week. So I know it's possible. I know you guys can do it do better. I'm going to need you to do better, as my good friend Samantha likes to say. So that was that was my dish of salt. <laughs> that was a lot of salt. It um, was. We've got, like, taro jerky all made in the cellar now. But hey, it's well-preserved. That's right. Much better so, preserved than my housewife's taro. <laughs> very much. Seriously, that makes me mad. Who published that deck? I... Due to reasons, I have it in a place where I can't really pick it up, but yeah. I'll let you know later. Do those reasons involve an old priest and a young priest? It's, you know, it, it, it's on an altar under an iron horseshoe, as you do. As one does. Okay. So let's move on to our second installment, which is affectionately referred to as Echo Chamber Azarak. But this particular podcast is going to be 
focused on a different subject than the last one because one of our uh, one of our themes is what we call the Woo Review, wherein exactly we take a woo woo product and when i say a woo woo product i mean an occult product i don't mean specifically like i don't know like satan's dildo or anything but we take a an occult product and we review it and it has four categories and because this is a salty podcast and we are in case you didn't notice if you're tuning in for the first time or if you are completely unable to recognize sarcasm and or uh, bitchiness. Um, we are a salty podcast <laughs> wherein we shake the salt all over everything. So the four categories are themselves salty. They are suckery, fuckery, quackery, and daiquiri. And we will explain each as we go. So what are we reviewing today, Felix? It is the Silhouettes Tarot First Edition by Masa September. And Masa is capitalized because it should be capitalized because he's a genius. Masa. I yes. don't really know how to pronounce it all, all caps without you shouting. You have to pronounce it by shouting because he's awesome. Um, so we are reviewing this because we both happen to have a copy of the first edition Silhouettes Tarot. We both happen to um, love our first edition Silhouettes Tarot. Um, I can personally acknowledge that one of us, I can confirm... Uh, was caught in the dark um, whispering my precious over it at one point. Um, I'm not going to tell which of us that was, but I bet you guys can guess. Um, so anyway, um, we are going to review this product because we actually have the ability to do that because not everybody does because of some of the second category problems that have been happening with this particular deck. It's so, because we're the chosen ones. It is. Um <clears throat> so, we're going to review the Silhouettes Tarot, first edition, and the first category is suckery. The first category has to do with how much does this product actually just kind of suck? How bad is it? And, let's go. So, this, Felix, what do you have to say? <laughs> this deck has, like, zero suck factor. Spoilers! I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like, that is actually our big problem. Like, okay, so... There are lots of ways to decide that a product sucks. If the product is, like I said, if it shuffles like a wet fart and it doesn't actually like shuffle well and you can't like riffle it, you can't do any of the cool card tricks with it, or it is excessively broken and busted, um, or if the ink or the, the art or the anything really just sucks, um, none of those actually qualify. Uh, Masa printed a thousand of these decks and um, 250 to 300, I, the number changes depending on who's telling the story, um, survived. The rest of them all died. They all died and he was very upset and he wanted to sell this and it like went out of print super fast because like they were all busted and broken and died. But the ones that he was able to salvage and actually sell are like artifacts of supreme awesome. So for those of you who have one out there, I'm coming for you and I'm going to steal it from you. So let's talk about how, like, you know, what makes them so awesome. Yes. Okay, so this deck is uh, a typical 78-card tarot deck. Some people were able to acquire the Collector's Edition, which came with several extra cards. Um, the Body, Mind, and Spirit cards, which are not themed in the same fashion as the rest of the deck. 
Uh, they also come with uh, the extra strength and tarot, or uh, justice tarot uh, trumps. I am going to refer to them as triumphs from here on because I live in America and that is a shambles, so I don't want to use that word anymore. But anyway, uh, so the, uh, the cards, you get extra cards if you get the collector's deck. And um, I actually was lucky enough to get the collector's deck, and that is actually why I wanted this deck because the the um, trumps for God damn it, I did it again. The it's not his word. That's true. The majors for strength and justice in various tarot decks occasionally reverse in numeric order. So sometimes you'll get a deck that has number eight of the majors as strength and number 11 as justice, whereas in other decks it's reversed. 11 is strength and eight is justice. So Masa uh, kindly provided two different strengths, one eight, one 11, and two different justices, one eight, one 11. So you could swap out and do a different way if you wanted to. He also uh, was kind enough to make them different artwork, and the uh, number eight Justice card looks like my deity. So I was like, I have to have that deck for religious purposes. And I love it, and it is perfect. Um, so the, that's the number of the cards. They are silvered in the edges, and they have black borders on the front, and for... Let's actually, let's start with the borders. How do you feel about borders, Felix? So I'm not one of those people who like cuts borders off of decks. Um, I So we talked about printing earlier, and I want to make a mention about printing when it comes to borders, because people really like borderless cards. But you do notice whenever you cut those borders off with your little hand guillotine that you decided to, to chop up your deck with, that you do have to chop off like, you know, a very, very tiny bit of the original art to get it to where that border's all the way gone. You basically have to have bleed to trim the art off. Uh, you have to have extra art on the edge to, to trim it off and get it all the way to the edge. You know, the, how I, do you want to know how I feel about, um, about debordering cards? How I, do you feel? I feel the same way about it as I do circumcision. Oh. Please don't. <laughs> Like, I realize that you have all sorts of reasons behind it, but please don't. And so anytime <laughs> someone talks about it, I cringe. And, like, it took me a long time to realize that that's how I felt about it because I was involved with the tarot um, Tumblr community where they went into this big thing on deck modding, which I actually think is kind of cool. But there is literally only one deck that I'm interested in trimming the edges off of, and I don't have to because they have a print version that just removes the borders. And... Um, I wouldn't buy it anyways because it's the Crowley Thoth deck. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, so, I could I could see that, but I'm yeah, just not yeah, gonna, there's the edgeless but, one. Yeah, they have the edgeless one. They have the borderless one, and like if you want, it, just buy that. Although one. you cannot truly remove the edge from a Thoth deck. That's okay. That's just because he's a giant edge lord. That's right. So, anyways, but okay. So people complained, or rather commented. I won't say they complained. They com they commented about the uh, the lack of borders on the second uh, uh, edition as being really cool. I don't I, really like it. Um, I well, I like I the actually, black borders. Uh, like I mentioned, he is a god, and um, like Masa is amazing. And the second edition came out really crappy. 
and I don't know that any of us were really that satisfied. When he re-released the second edition, he printed it on better cardstock, and it actually is really cool. And Felix, I have to show it to you if you haven't seen it yet. I will have to see it. I have not seen it. It is absolutely gorgeous. He did a really good job. I mean, but... I have, I've seen pictures of it. I haven't seen it in person. Yeah. So when I see you in like at the end of this month, I which is like in a week or so, um, I will show it to you. But I actually really like the second edition, the the better version that he sent as a an apology, which is awesome. He's just kind of amazing. But um, the first edition is is my favorite. I like the borders. I think that a deck built on the um, the mechanics of silhouettes, having a black border around it to kind of frame it, looks aesthetically awesome. I, I just think it looks good. Yeah, and the borders really are meant to like to frame the art to cement the deck um and also they kind of help with jog so like you'll notice that um and this is with any card uh, like deck of cards out there they're not going to be completely accurately trimmed some of them are going to go back and forth a little bit yes you know from side to side and if you have um you know a good quarter inch border around the whole card then that means that it's a lot less noticeable when it happens and also you it does it means that you don't have to have like a full like quarter of an inch total of extra art, like, you know, height-wise and width-wise, right. to, to chop all the way off. Instead, you just make that a border, and then it's okay if, like, some of the border gets chopped off. So, right. just, you know, like, there's all kinds of ways in which the borders really just help you get better art, but a lot of people, like, want the cards to be smaller so they're easily to, easier to handle, or, like, they say the borders distract them, which, like, I don't understand that, but, like, I'm not them, so I... I right. You know, and <laughs> so, like, that is not even an issue for me, like, if other people have an issue with the borders. I totally understood when they were arguing with me about it, or, well, they weren't arguing with me, they were just commenting and I was listening. Um, but, like, for me... I cannot, like, I can't do it. I can't deck mod in that fashion. I'm like, I, I, I would feel the same way about brutalizing my son. I just would not do it. So, <clears throat> not a good subject for me. Um, plus, they look amazing. The backs of these cards are an absolutely enthralling um, arabesque sort of portrayal of just unsurpassing beauty um they are very dark so you can barely see them in low lighting they look like in low lighting the the backs of the cards look like modeled black when you actually get some light on them and get some some visual uh definition they are exceptional and um i always tell people i'm like that shit is stuff i see in my dreams so like this deck was made for me uh, the edges themselves are silvered they have silver ink on them or, well, silver coating or whatever. Um, and even now, I've been playing with this particular edition of the deck uh, for, how long has it been? I don't know. Several Well, years. this one was printed in 2013. And I've had it since then, so yeah. Um, so for four years. And um, <clears throat> the, the deck is in excellent condition. The silvering has come off on a lot of places, and so it looks a little, like, mottled in places. But I think it just adds to its charm, um, because none of them lack silver. Like, the silver was deep enough that even when it flaked off a little bit, um, the silvering went all the way through, so it's still good. The cardstock itself is um, very slippery. The ink is very, um, very 
slidey. Like the, the painting is very slidey. So the cards glide real well, which that was the first time I ever took a deck of cards and did that like card trick thing where you glide them across a, a, a cloth and go pick a card. Like that was, this deck was what taught me to do that. And um, it is still the only deck that I can do that with flawlessly every time. So, yeah, I like how these aren't like they they have that that slickness to them, yeah. but they're not super glossy, and they aren't sticky. Yeah, because you run into that gloss where it's sticky, and then you're just like, oh, and you know, you know, I need powder for this for this deck, or it will peel, it will stick to itself, it will glue itself together, and it will not come out of its hidey hole. It'll be done. So, like, it doesn't have that amount of tackiness to it, which is excellent. Like, he did such a good job with his first choice of printing. I'm so sad that it failed with everybody else. But I'm so glad that it worked for me. And, by the way, uh, I'm coming for all your decks. So You're not coming for this deck. Except yours. That's right. It's, like, the chosen one. Unless you die before me and then I get it. That's fine. I'll, like, will it to you or something. From, from natural causes, though, because I'm not going to murder you and I'm not letting anyone else murder you. All right, and we're going to have this recording so that everybody knows that. Yes, it has been sworn. For insurance purposes. <laughs> um, so we've gotten, <clears throat> we, we, we've, we've quite gotten into the fact that this deck does not really have any... Uh, it has no suckery. No suckery. It has no suckery, so... And we've talked um, a bit about fuckery so far. <laughs> right, um, so, and we'll move to that category now. Like, let's just go ahead and firmly give this a zero out of four on the suckery rating. By the way, if you are a fan of Revolutionary Girl Utena, this deck is made out of that anime. Well, I mean, I yeah, okay. I'm le- I I know you aren't cuz you haven't seen it yet, but right. like like you know, the, the the people who are listening. Yes. I'm letting them know because like that was like my first impression of this deck was like, "Oh my gosh, it's made of Utena. I have to own it now." Also, those of you who are fans of the Persona uh, Shin, Megami, Shin Megami Tensei uh, series, the, the Persona. Um, the tarot deck is very similar to that tarot deck. It's also very similar to some of the crazy witch stuff that used to go on in Madoka Magica. So seriously, it's amazing. And um, my beautiful nightmares are made of it. It is not creepy in the slightest. It is actually very pretty and very friendly, which is one of the reasons I like it. My clients look at it and they go, oh my god, it's shadowy. But then they see the images they're like, oh my god, it's like fairy tales. And I'm yes. like, yes, give me your soul. So anyways, um, we move on. Uh, let's move on to the fuckery category. How fucked up is it to try to acquire this deck? And like, of a rank of four, like, I'm going to give this a 12. Because it is so hard to get this particular edition. It is so very hard. I actually had yeah. to do, I had to resort to to dark magic to make it happen and I regret nothing. That's true. I okay so to give you an idea of how <coughs> difficult it was for me to get this deck but this is only because I'm me and I have a way of doing these things. Um I saw that it was for sale and then I remembered when it was going to go on sale and I checked the artist's website and I hit buy and I got it. Yes, and then you found out 5 minutes later that it was gone. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I I knew that it was limited edition and it was going to be hard to get, but I managed to just, you know, get it. Like, get a copy. And I was like, okay, great. I'm so lucky. And I'm sure that, you know, very soon there will be another edition of it out. Right. Because <laughs> that was where you're at. Yeah, very soon. Very soon. So, whereas me, I'm over here living in the sticks, and I didn't even hear about this deck, because everything in Reno happens three years after the fact. Um, 
I didn't even hear about this deck until after it had already sold out, and I was lucky enough to have a friend who had a copy and had printed um, images of her copy of this deck, and she um, <laughs> did not realize that gloating about this amazing, amazing find would have the consequences it did, because what it turned into was um, a two-month process of me crying at various different wicked spirits and um, throwing a temper tantrum mystically, whereupon, in the end, uh, Jassy gave me her copy of the deck in exchange for one that she really loved. So uh, it worked out for the best, I guess. But like, seriously, it was two months of hunting. And that's and when I say it was two months of hunting, for me, that's a lot because I generally get my way. Like, I know that's not something people want to hear other people say. So I'm gonna say it. But um, I generally get my way. When I want something, I get it. And it is not because I'm, uh, it's not because I'm some sort of rich kid. I'm generally poor, but I am a very skilled magician. And so when I want something, I get it. And it took me two months to get this. Um, so there's that. Uh, for other people, seriously, I've listened to the sobbing and the weeping for the last four years over here, chuckling over the fact that I managed to get something that they don't have. But it actually makes me kind of sad because it's a really beautiful deck and I wish you all could enjoy it with me. Yeah, I do wish more people could actually access this deck. There are more editions of it, um, but I think the first one is the best and he's not going to do that one again because he like so much fuckery happened while he was trying to print it. Which is actually the point. Like Seriously, the fuckery was not Masa's fault. It was not his fault. He was expecting something completely different, and he had a reason to expect something completely different because when you look at the, the finished product, when you look at the decks that survived, they were exactly what he was looking for. They were exactly what we were all hoping for. It's unfortunate that like 75% of the decks that printed did not manage to make it to that level of quality, and I know he was upset about it because he has he's made it very clear. Um, so it, it, it's, it sucks that there is so much fuckery around acquiring this particular edition. But on the plus side of that, it does mean that um, snotty little elitists like Felix and I can smile into our, into our goblet uh, made from the skull of our enemies and grin about the fact that we have something no one else has. Nya, 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 nya. I would like to make an aside, though. <laughs> like, okay, so I've got this deck in my hands, but within arm's reach is the Archangel Power deck by Doreen Virtue. And it's got gold edges on it. And it's a gigantic block of it's deck and, and Photoshop, and it's Doreen Virtue, so of course it's like in, you know, Barnes & Noble and stuff. But, you know, this was done by... Who the heck printed this? Satan. Angel Therapy? No, that can't be it. Who's the publisher? Satan. Admit who you are. H Lifestyles. Whoever that H, is. H? Hell. H. H stands for hell. You keep saying that, but... But... Hay House Radio... Okay, Hay House. Oh, they've been, like, publishing Doreen oh. for years. Yeah. Well, that actually might actually be Satan, but anyway. It could be, it could be Satan, but could... what's important is that it is a U.S. mainstream publisher. Yes. And that, you know, other decks are out there that have these, like, these foil edges and stuff, and they, they, they work out. And, like, Masa's deck is not, would not actually be that hard to print, and I'm just kind of waiting for, like, a mainstream publisher to find, like, these decks like this and, and just, like, reach out and say, hey, we would like to print this and sell a lot of copies of it. 
you know, because Masa is kind of wanting somebody to like do he's that. He's been wanting him. that, you know, and he also wants a tarot app. So if anyone who is listening to this podcast happens to be in contact with like Fool's Dog or something, I've already tried to contact them. I literally wrote letters to them. Well, emails. Um, but please contact them and tell them Masa wants an app. He literally said as much. And he's Chinese and doesn't, well, like, like I'm assuming he speaks better English than I do Chinese because that's not a hard assumption to make. But he, he sent me an email saying, yes, please, let's do that. And I'm like, let me send the thing to the thing and I'll CC you and connect. And nothing. Nobody contacted him. No Masa September app. Yeah, Super and like, annoying. it's a great deck. And I, like, I'm just really disappointed that mainstream publisher art aren't finding like the indie talent out there and just publishing what they do instead of ripping it off. I mean, right. Although to be fair, to be fair, there is some of that happening. Like as um, one of our woo reviews is going to be about the poison cage tarot. That is true. Which is now being called the mystical manga tarot. And it was picked up by Llewellyn and, um, or Los Scarabeo. I don't know. Like what are the, I'm pretty sure it's Llewellyn, but I think that they actually get their printing by Los Scarabeo now. Okay. So they picked it up which means it will be readily available, whereas before it was a limited edition, independently printed deck. So more it of is this. happening. It is happening. I just wish it would happen for, well, my babies. But anyway, so yes, so as to decrease the fuckery. So the, um, the rating of this on a scale of zero to four, we have a 12. Yeah. And which, you know, for those of you who are literal, it's a four. <laughs> I, like, I would really give it a five because like... It's... It's just really hard to get, and you're not. That's, it's going to be really, really hard for you to get because no one is going to get tired of this deck who owns it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I've run into people who own it who, um, as soon as they find out that I'm interested in it, they stop talking about it and they go into the ground, and I never hear from them again. It's very <laughs> they know funny. Better. It's it's funny because like I guess they take my threats seriously, which is you know probably not unwise, but um, they like literally like. It's, it's like those crustaceans that crawl back into their shell the moment light hits them. Like, if I say, oh, you have the silhouettes, <laughs> disappear. <laughs> Spook <That's> bomb. Like, <laughs> well, that happened. Okay, so let's move on to quackery. Now, quackery is something of a, an interesting category because it refers to how redonkulous the product is due to the redonkulous vision of the person designing it. Um, for example, uh, everything by Doreen Virtue. You know, her tarot works really well, but it's still it's reeks still, of quackery. It's, it's got a high quackery rating. Uh, and yeah. Having received readings from you, Felix, I'm actually un, I, I'm unhappy and a bit nonplussed, I would say, actually would probably be more accurate. Um, about the fact that you read very well with that deck because it is such a quackery deck. I hate it so It's much. constructed very well, and I wonder if that's due to Radley Valentine, who did the art. Maybe. That's possible. I don't care. Um, <laughs> anyways, we move on. Uh, because the quackery rating that we have to give to Masa September is, uh, well, where would you go, Felix? Because I'm sitting at zero. Um, yeah, I've got a zero too, because Masa is not one of those artists who are like, oh, tarot, that would be fun to do. And I can do it in my style. And I guess like maybe do something meaningful. Like he obviously knows his tarot. 
he like really he knows does. the meaning of all these cards. Like all of the cards fit, they make sense. When we were talking about suckery, like it didn't have any because all of the cards are thematically correct. But the quackery involved, like he doesn't reinterpret the tarot as, as something. He just goes as an artist and maintains the traditional themes. And when he wants to play with them, he does so in a way that is loyal to them. Like the Seven of Wands in the uh, Silhouettes first edition is a witch standing on her high ground with her broom brandished in front of her while other people are poking at her with torches. And the original card from the Rider Waite Smith has a man holding a staff crossways trying to defend himself up on high ground from people who are poking wands at him. And it's actually, it's literally like a, a reinterpretation of the exact same image in a way that is more contextually available. So I love it. The um the four of pentacles is a is a piggy bank. <laughs> ah, yeah, that one's great. I it's a man clutching a piggy bank and he's kind of hovering and floating over a city, and it's got four coins in it. And I like I I admit that I am a homestuck nerd, and um, as a homestucker, I refer to that card as the pork hollow card. <laughs> um, but. It's it's interesting because most people, when they see the Four of Pentacles, they think of the miser because the person, the figure depicted in the original RWS uh, tradition was very crotchety looking. And he was sitting on money, on a throne of money, boxed away from everyone else and holding his money and clutching it like a miser. But its original meaning when it was used for divination was conservation of resources. And so a lot of people just would interpret that card badly. They just wouldn't like it. Um, he preserved the original meaning of the card while still maintaining the ability for you to look at it in a, in a sort of dysfunctional light if you want to. Because, of course, it, like if you're a person who adds nuance when you invert the card, like you reverse the meaning, which, by the way, I don't know what that even is. Um, or if you add extra things when the card is reversed or inverted. Um, it can still look like that. You know, you can see someone who's trying to shake his, his piggy bank open or something, or you can see someone who's holding on to it for a little too long and maybe needs that and should probably use it. But anyway, so like the imagery really fits. It goes. Like, even when they play with it, it's it's good. There are only a few cards that I'm like, well, I guess. Um, but I, I don't have to guess very hard. So I'm I'm going to put that at a solid zero for Quackery. Yeah, I want to mention the Ten of Wands. Okay. It's... um. It's a deer with these this huge rack of antlers, which of course, like you can see, like ten kind of tree-like staffs poking up from them to right. get you the ten of wands. But he looks both like really grand, but also looks like he could be tired under the weight of like that huge rack. Right, and on that card, there's a little bird sitting on his back. Yes, and that little bird, like seriously, um, the stag's back is bowed. And the little bird is sitting on there just kind of cheerfully chirping and he's walking through the forest. And one of the things I like about this is like it really is desi designed around like a fairy tale or folklore kind of like feel. Um, one of the things that often comes up when I'm reading the Ten of Wands when people are doing it is like the reason why they're experiencing the heavy burden. Because that's generally what the card means. It means burden. Yeah. Um, the reason why they experience the burden is almost always due to other people shirking their responsibilities or enjoying the fact that the other person is bearing the responsibility. And that little bird is like a perfect reminder of that. So it really preserves the feel to me. 
But like I've said before, this deck was literally designed for me. <laughs> so though any of you reading with this deck, um, please understand that you're touching my cards. Get your hands off my cards and send them to uh, my, my mailing address. Uh, anyway, so... And you're going to get like 10 decks after this podcast. It's just going to work. You're so full of crap. <laughs> Not full only of crap. Well, that's true. You have other internal organs. But anyways, um, so Quackery, zero. And please understand, we do intend to review other products, but the problem is, and this is a thing, like I know that it sounds like we're being very favoritist about this, but we kind of wanted to start on a high note. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do one that we both like so that we could establish a kind of understanding of how this works. We are going to be honest about our reviews. We are not going to only pick things that we like, although I will admit that I'm far more likely to buy something if I like it. But do understand, if you guys want us to do a review on this kind of stuff, like if you have a, a product you want us to review, we both have to own it, which means it, it's very likely to be something that we, if, if it's high on the fuckery category, then we're probably not going to both own it. So just so you know. I've eliminated a whole bunch of things off of the list, and so has Felix, because we don't own the same stuff. Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's move on to Daiquiri. Daiquiri is the category of how much more fun would this product be if we were drunk? <laughs> and we actually have a funny story about this particular card deck. Um, don't we, Felix? Well, you do, because you were the one reading with it at the time. That's true, but you were the reason that I was doing so. That's right. I on I, multiple levels. <laughs> I just convinced you that you would be happier if you had wine. Okay, it wasn't just that. We were at Northwest Terra Symposium, and Jamie Elford was doing a workshop called Imbibe and Divine, and it was a really fun workshop wherein you go in, you talk about all the the kind of drama around the idea of drinking alcohol and reading cards at the same time like people do this a lot and yet there's this sort of weird kind of like shame about it and she made a really good a really good case about like seriously unpucker your butthole a little bit and um the reason this was an extra interesting workshop and experience for me is because i'm like a non-drinker i don't drink um it's not that i won't drink it's that i don't drink i just don't enjoy it so i don't drink and I have never enjoyed the, the feeling of intoxication, not since my very first time being drunk. It was a terrible experience. But I get very prudish about things uh, when I'm reading. I have a very strong kind of attitude about, well, if you're going to be a professional when you're reading, if you're going to read professionally, don't drink alcohol. Don't go in under the influence of mind-bending substances, um, that kind of thing. So it was interesting to watch my prejudices be unpacked in front of a group of women who were lightly to marginally sloshed. Um, that is true. <laughs> yeah, it was rather fun, actually. It I was a two-glass-of-wine maximum. It was. Um, but they were but pouring kind of high in the glass. They were big glasses. Um, and I had one glass of a wine. And by the way, Felix... <laughs> <clears throat> Oh my god, I hate you a little bit. Because my one of the ways that I have managed to avoid drinking wine most of my life has been because I always felt that wine was just not for me. And um, 
I've had multiple people in my life tell me, oh, well, you just haven't found the right wine, you haven't found a wine that you like, blah, 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 and I've always been like, yeah, everyone says that, and they all try to fix it, and every single time it tastes like ass, so go ahead, and I'll taste your shit, and you can tell me, blah, blah, blah. Felix, <laughs> you actually got me a wine that I liked. I didn't just tolerate it, I liked it, I liked that wine. And you know what, what the trick is? Be you. Well, besides that, um, <laughs> I didn't try to find you a wine that you would like. You, when you wanted wine, I told you which one you would probably like best. Okay, but... That... But before that, I didn't like try to like you know press you for it. See, you know, you think that that's a thing, but I really actually am... That's not an issue. Like, I'm not very stubborn about, like, trying new, new experiences when I'm in a social setting. I'm actually pretty good about it. No, actually, the fact of the matter is... You were smart enough about wine, and you were smarter than most of the people I know, which includes some very uh, snobby wine snobs. Well, that's part of the the being smart about it is like kind of knowing when it's time. Okay, well, you succeeded, and where others have failed, and um, the wine you gave me was delicious, and I would love to taste it again. But you persisted and continued to find wine that I liked, which and you given me a list of things that were good. And they were all good. I've tried another set of wine. Like, I've tried some more wine, and it's been good. And I'm a little mad at you for that. <laughs> now you can imbibe and divine when you choose. Yes, and that's nice. But I'm a little angry because I've spent the last 36 years not drinking. And now I'm now I'm suddenly like, can we get some wine with this? And now the future's bright. And I actually know which wine to drink now. And my husbands are all kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Did someone replace Rune with like a Stepford version or something? And <laughs> so seriously, because we've tried a bunch of other things and I did like them and it, it's not because my palate has changed dramatically. I just literally liked them. Like I still think Merlot tastes like socks and um, I still dislike most of the wines that people suggest, but like the ones that you've suggested, specifically the ones you have suggested have been good. And I'm a little miffed by that because you keep doing things like that but anyways we move on um, so that is all due to the silhouettes tarot which gets a one in the what are in we the daiquiri in the category. daiquiri category it because it's really hard to make one. this better it really is but it was very fun because i was reading with the silhouettes during that um particular class and when i was reading and I'd had a glass of wine, and I was being very Mormon about it. In case you all didn't know, I was raised by Mormons. Um, I was being very Mormon about it, like sipping and guilting myself and flagellating and such every time I did that. But like I couldn't do it for very long because I'm also a pagan and a hedonist, and I really enjoy pleasure, and that wine was really good. What was that wine that they had at the hotel? Uh, that was like uh, Rosé Zinfandel. Okay, so I'm going to have to go grab something like that. But anyways, it was really good. Um, but so I I drank my wine and the reading was actually more nuanced and more fun. It felt like the cards were kind of being more open about talking to me because I was more relaxed. So this deck is exceptional without alcohol, but with alcohol is great. It's even better. So we'll give it a one. All right, so those are our categories. And we have gone through all four of them. Do you have anything else you would like to add to this? I guess we would give it a, like, I would give it a two at least with, with Daiquiri. Because now that I think about it, it's like, while it's not necessarily a whole bunch more fun with alcohol, it's not like 
it you know there are some things where if you combine it with alcohol it would be worse right and so i mean i i'd say at least a two because yep. then it's like you know middle Let's go with that. Like, we'll treat, we'll, we have to feel out the daiquiri category a little bit because the daiquiri category can be a positive category, which is not true of the other three. Or it can be a bad category, like, oh my God, if you're not drunk when you're reading this book or playing with this deck or, you know, fiddling with this, with Satan's dildo or whatever, then obviously you're not going to enjoy it. I feel um, comfortable going into the negative digits with the, the daiquiri category. Okay, good. So. I'm pretty comfortable with our position. Um, I, I'll stay with one. You go ahead with two. So that puts us at a 1.5. All right. So let's move on. Um, now we're moving into the next uh, segment of our podcast, which we have entitled Celtic Crosshairs, wherein the two of us do, or whoever's on the show at the time, do divination, uh, utilizing a relevant oracle and in this case that relevant oracle is the silhouettes first edition surprise to absolutely no one um all right so let's go ahead and see some of our questions now you guys send in questions and we answer them but we answer them in a terrible fashion because this is a salty podcast we try to be accurate but that's not the fun of it so Let's well, especially if you guys aren't sending in good questions, then you can't expect us to do something extremely amazing with our answers. Right. You know who you are. Anonymous. Yeah, exactly. Damn it, Doris. Um, God damn it, Janet. <laughs> really? So I've got – I do have at least one good question. Okay. I How like many the, questions do we have? We have three, and two of them are jokey. Are so so. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Jokey, jokey is fine. Just so you guys know, but like, be aware that if you're gonna send a jokey question, you're gonna get a terrible answer. So. Well, also, it's just like I have more fun reading on real questions because you know, like people will jokingly ask a question they don't think I can answer, and then I tell them like, you know, when they're gonna get their hookup or something, and they're like, whoa, okay. Um. Whereas, like, some of these, it's just like, okay, you're talking about fictitious stuff that you know isn't going to happen. So. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll get less vague post about this very shortly. First, the actual question. Yes. From Fabo Like Fabio. <laughs> that, I, I remember that name. <laughs> That's right. We, we, we talked about this one before, but we were not able to answer it last time. That's so. right. The question, and I hope it wasn't already, is when is the right time to strike back? The right time to strike back. Um, let's go ahead and see here. What do they say? <laughs> okay. What you got? Well, I drew the Nine of Pentacles, which is like, why bother? <laughs> you don't need anything from them. Oh, that's funny, because I got the Eight of Chalices, and... And this, like, you know, that's always like, you know, I'm going to go to the beach instead of actually paying attention to whatever this suit is. Right, but like just walk off. This one in particular, she's walking away from a stack of eight hats and putting up her hand like, nah. Seriously, that's like the sashay away card. And it I'm totally, out. it's, 
Yeah, seriously, walk away. Don't even worry about it. I bet this is like one of those times where like, you know, you don't even need to strike back because they're expecting it. And if you don't, then they'll like think that you did something when you didn't even do something and they'll kind of like just fuck themselves over. You know, I recently came into contact with something like that. Um, so I was dealing with uh, some drama with a, a local group of pagans. And one of them um, told me that my ex-girlfriend and her husband were saying that I had cursed them with nightmares so that they were constantly being attacked at night. And while, and the thing is, like, that accusation, all they're, they're full of shit. I mean, they're liars. But, like, they're, like... That accusation, like most of their accusations, have a little basis in truth in them, which is why they manage to succeed at lying so often. Um, but, like, that particular one, it's not that I did it, it's that I do that. Like, if I'm irritated with somebody, nightmares is an easy one for me. I'm like, well, everybody can do, uh, like, one night of no sleep, but, like, 12 nights. <laughs> so, like, that is actually something I would do. I just didn't do it. And the thing is, I was thinking they were doing that to me because I was having horrid nightmares. And so I'm over here kind of going, well, listen up. If you decided to retaliate with nightmares because you thought I was sending you nightmares, you're a douchebag. But I will also say that it's relevant to this particular question. Walk away probably is telling you walk away because there's literally nothing they can do to you. And there's literally nothing that you have to gain by it. So don't bother. Um, which is not necessarily the case in my situation because I did walk away and they still poisoned things and caused me problems. So, eh. Okay, let's move to the next question. Yeah, and they didn't give me a funny nickname. So they get to be Nameless Butthole. Nameless Butthole. Nameless butthole. We make a lot of butthole jokes on this class. On this yeah, it's podcast. true. And I think that's never going to change. I'm pretty good with that. I have a blog entitled My Refulgent Anus. So, I mean. I knew that you were going to try to find a way to say that on the podcast. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody how to find it, though, because, like, I, like, it's my blog. It's for me. It's where I'm going to go to be salty on my own. <laughs> so, y'all don't necessarily need to see that. It's literally a shitpost blog. Um, but anyways, enough of shit and assholes. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Nameless Butthole's question. Nameless Butthole asks, are there memes in hell? And if so, do they travel around? This is an important, if, if so, how do they travel around? This is an important question. Okay. Are there memes in hell? And if so, how do they travel around? I'm going to say this is a two card question. Because uh, it's two questions. It's a two parter. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. So we'll see what I love we get. I love how we turn these questions into, like, the black card in Cards Against Humanity. Like, this one has two blanks, so we need to draw two cards. <laughs> yes. And see, like, at one point, I will break out my Cards Against Humanity to yes. divine with. I agree. And we will, like, there are all sorts of divination methods we're going to be breaking out for this. But um, let's go ahead and see. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so I got an interesting answer. I'm... I got an interesting answer, too. You get to go first this time. Okay, so uh, the the, que the answer to the question of, are there memes in hell, was the Nine of Swords. <laughs> which... Hell, of course there are memes in hell. <laughs> and so it's not, this, this 
it's the Nine of Swords. It's, it's the same interpretation as the usual Nine of Swords. So, you know, it's like a whole fucking nightmare, as we were talking about earlier. Yes. And so the idea is that not only are there memes in hell, but actually they are, like, not just shit posts. They are, like, hell posts. Right. Like, they're the they're, they're memes posts. that give you nightmares. They're the ne- the memes that you want to forget about. The oh, my God. Memes. They're trypophobia. I have yeah. trypophobia, for those of you who didn't know. Don't send me anything like that, or I will kill you. Yeah, um, so... I won't even mean to. I'll, like, wake up. And I'll have like blacked out, and there will be like an inferno raging, and everyone will be dead, and I'll be like, "Oh, oops!" So, so don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yes. So there are memes, and there are like you know, hell's memes. And how do they get around? Is actually the ten of wands. The ten of wands slowly and cumbersomely. Like, they're just like they don't get around like regular memes because, of course, you know nobody really wants to trade that around like you know viral. But they just they, they do have a they do manage to get around. They get around through suffering. Uh, see, it's interesting because the cards that I got were very different. I got the Ace of Cups and the Judgment card, but both of them are inverted. So the Ace of Cups, in the question of are there memes in hell? Yes, but not in a good way. <laughs> literally the ace of cups inverted is like be thirsty darling (laughs) so it's like there's anything that will deprive you of that which will nourish you so yes but they're not good memes and then how do they move around like how do they travel around we have the judgment card inverted as punishment they travel as punishment they are used as torment obviously so that is hilarious. I got an actual answer for a redonkulous question. Um, nameless butthole, you are my new hero. I think that it was the same with the Ten of Wands, too, because they get around via suffering. Yeah. So around. that's pretty funny. <laughs> so now you know the answer to that question, and I'm going to get to the last question. Okay. And then we will close. <sighs> Ascending to the Sparkly Stars 1111 is 11. their name. Yes, I see that. And they ask, are the Pleiadians coming to beam me up and take me home into space? Oh, lordy. Well, not with, not if you're anonymous. Not with that attitude. <laughs> I mean, right, it looks like the look. greys seeking out the gray face. Let's go ahead and seek this out. You know, like with this question, I, I wish I knew who asked it because some people actually believe in this whole thing. They're like starseed people or like... Pleiadian people or whatever. We have them locally. Um, I, I actually have some interesting experiences with both conspiracy theories and, and alien stuff and just generally like, you know, I, I, f- I find some of the Pleiadian stuff interesting, although I'm not going right. to say I'm, I'm, I'm taking that particular crack. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's asked anonymously. Well, and so, so like, I, I wish I knew who this was because um, I'm, so I'm going to go ahead and say, um, my apologies if my answer is too snarky. I would still be snarky, but I would probably be snarky in a compassionate way. But since you're anonymous, I'm gonna go ahead and just unleash the salt if it comes through. See, if it you're the cinnamon through, bun because, like, I don't even care. Right, but that's okay. Like, we, you and I, like, trade off. That's right. We trade okay. the bun. Yes. So anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and say that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shuffle. I'm gonna genuinely answer this as a real question because for one thing the cards won't let me do otherwise. But for another thing, I'm going to assume that you genuinely believe that this answer is important, whether or not you believe what you're asking or whether you don't and are trolling us. I think the cards will know, and I'm just gonna see what they have to say. So let's see. 
Are you fucking kidding me? What'd you get? <laughs> oh, God, I have to read this. You're going to have to give me a minute. Go ahead and answer. Well, I find it funny that you're like, are you kidding me? Because I got the moon. Okay. Which is a little bug ascending up a stalk to the sky. <laughs> now the moon is illusion and therefore this could just be a dream or something but when the aliens take you away you never have proof and no one can ever say what happens so maybe you need to start looking to the stars and maybe keep a webcam on your bed because who knows what's going to happen oh my god okay so um hmm. I was in the same mode as I was a minute ago with the uh, the two card thing. I drew two cards, whatever. Um, and the four of wands and the six of swords showed Ooh. up, which the six of swords is inverted and my cards are like, okay, so they, they can't kind of came down on this pretty hard. They're like, you need to go find something better to do, something more constructive to do with your time. You need to go find some people to interact with, like go outside and socialize. Um, and the Six of Swords literally said, no, honey, just no. See, I no one's coming for you. <laughs> I think this really defines the difference between our decks because both while we still have the same deck, we are, not only are we two different readers, but I have different energies in quotations and spirits that are kind of backing up my deck. And if I get a sarcastic question like that, you know, one of those spirits may just try to make your question reality. Oh God. Right. Whereas mine are just like a Nabiel descending from the sky. No. Yeah. <laughs> just no. Yeah. You've or got Consuabiel. the angel. I've got the demons. Or Consuabiel, you know, she descends. No, no. Psst, 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 squirts you with Windex. That's right. So anyway, so that was interesting. Do we have any other questions? That is it. We have ascended into the heavens after a long podcast, and I think now we will leave you all. Indeed. This was be. fun, and we do intend to do this uh, more often, obviously. Like, so, But this one's going to come out like a month after we record it. Yes, this will be coming out in June. So by then we may all be abducted by aliens. Right. I guess we'll see. Maybe until in then. Revenge. Yeah, until then. <laughs> until then, may the circle of salt protect you. <laughs>